to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, Bluebet is an Australian wagering operator listed on the ASX. Its code is BBT. It was started by sports wagering veteran and renowned Australian bookmaker Michael Sullivan. After a very successful launch on the ASX earlier this year, it's now pushing into the lucrative US market where sports wagering has really been taking off since it became legalised state by state. And I thought it'd be a great time to catch up with Bluebet, especially after what's been a very successful spring racing carnival in Australia, which is the pinnacle for horse racing in this country. The CEO of Bluebet is Bill Richmond. G'day, Bill. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Justin. Good to be here. So how did you, Bill, get involved with Bluebet? I've been with Bluebet since the beginning as the inaugural COO. Um, as you mentioned, Michael uh, was one of the founder of the company, uh, but I'd been at Sporting Bet, uh, which was then taken over by William Hill uh, with Michael for, uh, for around 10 years, uh, as have a, a number of the team at Bluebet, uh, whether that be our marketing guys or our sales guys or our trading guys. Um, the core of the team you know, has come from that, from that company, uh, yep. and we came over together. So uh, while Bluebet's only been running for around six years ourselves, um, you know, this team's been together for a long time, uh, and that includes, you know, our technology team um, who've got a long history in building successful platforms as well. So it's really across all parts of the business that while the company's only six years old, uh, we have yep. a really experienced team who've had, you know, have got a really good track record of running uh, profitable sports wagering companies you know, in this country. And have you always been in, involved in the wagering business? Um, yes and no. As I mentioned, I was at Sporting Vet for over 10 years. Um, so I, uh, I started actually in uh, working for bookies in Brisbane uh, when I was doing my <laughs> university. I did a business and a journalism degree and I wanted to do journalism, mainly sports journalism, yeah. uh, during that period. And then uh, through a twist of fate, ended up at uh, Sporting Vet in Darwin, which I thought might be a fun year or two up there, and I ended up staying up there for five years and then transferred uh, down to Sydney with uh, Sporting Vet. So uh, it was a bit of a uh, you know, winding road to get here. Um, <laughs> so but I've used um, different parts of those degrees over the years and lots of other stuff along the way. So, uh, yeah, no, it's certainly been a very enjoyable ride. And so what was that like, working for a bookie on the, on the rails up there at, what, uh, Doombin and Eagle Farm? Yeah, I mean, I was only sort of 18 to uh, you know, 22 or something during the time. I had a fairly long university career. And uh, so, I, uh, no, it was certainly, it was good fun. I mean, you learn a lot. There's plenty of characters on the racetrack. I mean, sadly, a lot of that's probably gone, but this was, you know, the late 90s. Um, mm. And there were a lot of characters still there. There was still a lot of money flying around. It was really before, you know, the online space had really taken off. Um, so there was a lot of money there. Um, you know, it was, it was a very good learning, uh, learning curve being up there. Um, sadly, you know, the, the race tracks aren't quite what they used to be. Um, mm. But, um, you know, certainly it was, uh, I didn't probably know much when I started, to be truthful either. So I had a lot to learn during that period. But it is a good way to learn, isn't it? Learning, learning, from, uh, learning from the best when you're young. Well, it is. I mean, especially in this industry, whether it's on the punning side or, uh, or on the bookmaking side, the best way you learn is, you know, by seeing the money flow around and maybe making a mistake or two yourself. Um, you don't learn a lot while you're winning. You tend to learn from your mistakes and move on. And because it's, you know, there's a lot of money at stake, that you don't, you don't tend to make the same mistake uh, twice. And also yeah. 
yeah. in this world, people aren't too backward in telling you when you've made a mistake, particularly for when you're working on track for a bookmaker. You know, there's a little bit of pressure involved. So certainly you're, you're informed when you've made an error and you learn from it pretty quickly. I'm interested in your um, on your take when you were working with a bookie. Did you did you always know when there was you know a, a horse that uh, was coming in and it was looking as though there was really good money coming for a horse that perhaps you you hadn't first realised was was in the betting. Yeah, I mean certainly. I mean, one of my jobs up there was to do the ground, what's called the ground, where you, that's exactly your job to, to work out where the money's going. But, you know, I mean, a lot of the moves, even that time and certainly now, are controlled by a few of the bigger punning syndicates. So really it's, you know, it's, it's when that money comes, uh, you react to it. Um, you know, it's not, um, it's probably not rocket science. You know, it's, it's, it's seeing that money come and reacting to it. I mean, bookmaking and, you know, sports betting in general it's it's a market i mean you put yeah. prices up what you think the price is but the market will pretty tell, pretty quickly tell you if you've got it wrong <laughs> so what is bluebet and how does it work yeah i mean as you mentioned bluebet you know, at this stage it's always started as an australian sports betting company uh we're largely online um we do have a, you know, a call center where uh, we still take bets, but really we were started. You know, we bet on all the you know all the major events in Australia, racing, uh, greyhounds, harness, and sport from you know Australia and around the world. Um, we have a very strong mobile focus in this business. You have people betting on their mobiles, and we, you know, we've always been a mobile first company. Everything we think in this business, we think about mobile first. So, about sixty six percent of our bets. Um, come through our native apps, which is, you know, the iOS app and the Android app. Yeah. And then a good percentage of the rest of the business which comes through the web is also through uh, people using Safari or whatever on, on their mobile. So you're looking at about 80% of bets uh, somewhere in that region are people are placing on their mobile device. So everything we do, we think about uh, from that mobile first perspective. Um, but, you know, we are, you know, similar to, you know, other, you know, we all bet on the same things in this, you know, really yeah. in this industry, yeah. whether it be the races or the, or any of the major sports. So, you know, it's about presenting the best possible product to our clients, uh, which we take a lot of, you know, pride in doing that. Uh, we're constantly working on our technology, which we all, you know, do in or all do in house, sorry. And um, also having that best customer service. I think as an Australian company, you know, in a field that's very heavily owned by overseas, you know, big overseas multinationals, I certainly think that's mm. an advantage we have. All our people are on the ground here. Uh, most of the people in this business have been with us for a long time. They have a great understanding of the business and a great understanding of what our clients want when they ring up. They know they don't want to be on the phone forever. They can give them really good, quick answers. So that's certainly something we pride ourselves on. We think it's a point of difference. Um, but, you know, as I said, nearly all our bets now are transacted online, whether that be on mobile, desktop. or mm. um, So, you know, having that really excellent product and making it really simple uh, to place a bet, but also providing customers with the right information, having good form on the site and all those sorts of things is, is really important as well. So if you don't have a sports betting account on your mobile phone and you're you're keen to get into it, what is the the workflow of downloading the app to to getting your know, money in the account and ready to go? Talk us talk us through what is involved and how long that takes. Yeah, it's a very simple process. It only takes you know, a minute or two. Uh, yeah, if you download an app from the, you know, download the Bluebird yep. app from the yep. from the app store, uh, you go and you put some details in. We obviously have to do all the know your customer um, yes. requirements that everyone yep. else does uh, and verify the accounts. But we do, yeah, we have a lot of ways to do that online now. 
Um, and then we also have to do some, some very quick checks on credit cards and those sorts of things to check that, you know, it's not a stolen card and those things but for people mm. to deposit. But that whole process really only takes a couple of minutes. Um, you know, customers can be, you know, sign up. It will automatically verify them once they put in their name, address, which is all you know, information we have to, we have to collect. Um, and then, you know, they can, you know, if they're using a credit card or a debit card, then they can, or there's a number of other instant deposit methods as well. They can sort of go and be having a bet, you know, straight away if that's on the footy or the, or the races or, you know, whatever, uh, whatever they like. So is it your experience, Bill, that most punters these days are using the apps and are largely steering away, I suppose, from the traditional ways of, you know, driving the car, parking it outside the TAB, go in, placing a bet, doing it that way? Yeah, look, certainly that's been a pattern that's been you know, in, in play over the last 10 years. And what yeah. we've certainly seen during COVID is an accelerated migration to online. Um, as you know, we've seen in a lot of industries. Uh, I know when I've got home plenty of days, there's been a package on the door for uh, online shopping. It's no different, you know, in this space. That <laughs> it's, uh, people, Same here. <laughs> people, are, uh, people are making the move online. Uh, and, you know, we feel it's a much superior, certainly a superior experience. Uh, in terms of ease, you know, that if you're depositing, you take your money straight out, it's put straight back into your bank account. Um, and really, once those um, punters have come online uh, and seen that the product that we offer or another, you know, one of our competitors maybe offer, they don't tend to go back. You know, everyone obviously goes back to the pub and back to the races now that uh, we've sort of finished lockdowns yeah. in New South Wales and uh, Victoria. But they continue to use their mobile as their, you know, as their preferred betting tool just because, um, you know, I think... You know, we offer you know, a very um, attractive product. Um, so we think that you know, certainly those partners have come across during this COVID period will certainly stay with us. But really that's just a, an acceleration of a pattern that was already on, you know, uh, been in play for sort of you know, at least a decade. It would appear to me that it's certainly a very competitive industry. There are a number of um, other options for punters. Is it your experience that... Um, punters will have a few um, accounts on the go with different providers or are they pretty sticky where they just pick one and that becomes their account? No, certainly our experience is that, you know, punters have multiple accounts, whether that be two, three okay. or four. Yeah. Um, and really that's the challenge for, you know, a challenge of brands such as ourselves to make sure that we are one of those brands they have an account with and then really deliver on what we've promised that, you know, why they will stay with us and bet more with us than one of the other, our competitors is by the quality of our product. Um, you know, there's no hiding behind, um, you know, marketing talk once they get there and they're looking at a number of different options. It's not like your energy bill, you're where you're with one provider and you, you know, you may change once every few years or something, but really mm. you're pretty sticky. Um, yeah. The quality of your product and the quality of your prices, um, you know, are judged every day by your clients. And, you know, that's the challenge for our team is to make sure that we keep delivering you know, that quality product to them. So how then is it possible for you to sort of stand out from from your competitors? Is it is it via offering better odds? Is it is it customer service? Is it better technology? What are the things that you can do as the CEO to make sure that Bluebet is the one that sort of stands out? Yeah, look, I mean, to be truthful, it's a, it's a mix of all those things. Okay. Um, yeah, from a technology point of view, um, that's certainly a very big part. We've just landed a new website uh, last month. We've got brand new apps coming into the market next month as well, uh, which we feel are really, you know, um, will be a really great product for our customers. Um, and it's about having, you know, value-added things in there for them, having really good form, independent forms. So, you know, punters don't want to cop a tip from their bookie. They want to see it from an independent source. So, you know, mm. we've gone sourced independent form. It's about having all the right sort of information for them there, um, having the easiest payment options and those sorts of things. 
customer service a really big part. You know, I think as an Australian company, that's something we we really focused on. And you know, price punters certainly want to feel they're getting good value. You, you mightn't be yes. the best price every single option they bet on, but long as they know on the whole you're really good competitive prices across the board. I mean, we certainly make sure that we're the best price, all the big favourites on Saturday, if we, you know, especially if we think they're a risk. Uh, we'll certainly make sure that those things our punters really want to bet on, whether it's, you know, the Cox Plate favourite or incentivising the Melbourne Cup or um, Zaki last week in the McKinnon. Yep. We'll make yep. sure that, you know, we're top odds though. So our punters certainly don't have to go anywhere else to bet on those you know, those sorts of options where, you know, the majority of, you know, of them want to bet. So, look, it's a really holistic approach, you know, and certainly, you know, in a crowded market, and it is a very competitive market, as you rightly yeah. point out. You know, I think brand's reasonably important in that as well. Um, you know, we are certainly a challenger brand, but the big three or four in the market, um, certainly from a corporate bookmaker point of view, are big foreign-owned companies. They're part of, you know, huge multinationals um, mm. where they're, they're an yeah. element of it. You know, as an Australian-owned company, um, we so are you guys the, the little Aussie battler? We are the little Aussie battler. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little kid that can. Um, so, you know, look, we, we're growing very quickly, certainly. And, um, you know, we think that we've got to a point now that our experience has allowed us to come from that base and put forward a product um, that competes with anyone else in the market, uh, which, we, you know, we take very seriously. You know, while we are certainly that uh, start-up and uh, company and a challenger brand, you know, we certainly aim to, you know, continue to grow this business. Um, but, you know, from a brand perspective, you know, I do think that, you know, we position ourselves as that Australian company. We are Australian owned. But we, again, we, it comes back to backing that up. That we have to we have to back that up at every step. When people ring up here, they expect to, you know, speak to someone in Australia who knows yes. what they're talking about in, in the market. They know yeah. that, you know, the, the roosters are playing the rabbit eyes tonight and, you know, that the, the Cox plates on tomorrow, and you know who the favourite is, and when they're talking those sorts of things, our team understand that, and our team are very knowledgeable in the space, and um, we think that's you know, a point of differentiation and really backing up you know that brand proposition that we put in the market as well. So I'm interested in your take on how COVID and the global economic shutdown affected your business, especially with. Um, with punters not being able to go to pubs and clubs and TABs, has there been a big increase in downloads and activity through apps like Bluebet? Yeah, look, I think there has. Um, whether there's been a growth in the overall pie of Wagering Australia, yeah, we're probably yet to really see that all that data come through. But I think it goes back to probably what I was talking about before regarding that you know accelerated migration to online. So whether the pie is growing significantly is you know we'll, we'll we'll see over the next you know twelve to eighteen months. But certainly there has been um, an increase in online betting, um, and now obviously that's to do with some of the retail you know being shut as well. Uh, but as I said, that accelerated migration it was a pattern that was well underway already. You know that people mm. have been moving online, um, and when we came out of the last lockdowns, you know, last year, after the big lockdowns that we were in across the sort of country, um, we, we did notice all those punters in, you know, who'd come across states with us, as I mentioned before, they'll go back to the pub and still bet, but they'll just do it on their mobile device. So, well, certainly um, it's been a boost for the online sector. Whether it's grown the overall pie, you know, we'll see. Uh, but certainly, you know, that, that migration to online has certainly accelerated during COVID. It's interesting you say that. I went to the races about six months ago with a mate of mine who had a whole stack of different apps 
on his phone and I was saying, look, I'm off to have a bet and I'd, you know, get on the escalators down to the ring and he'd just stay at the table and do it all there and <laughs> he wouldn't have to move and, and, and get better prices than me. Yeah, look, and that's certainly, you know, we feel, um, you know, the appeal of our of our platform. We can be, offer really competitive fixed prices, but we also give partners all the options, you know, whether that be you know, our best tow products or whatever. Um, yeah, they can do, they can have all those options with us. Um, while you're at the races, you know, you still enjoy all the, all the you know, fun of the races, uh, yeah. but you've got the convenience of being able to sit at the table uh, and have all your bets. And, yeah, it's the same at the pub. I mean, certainly on Melbourne Cup Day, uh, it's a huge thing. I don't know if it was such a big deal this year, but previously, you know, you used to see the, the queues outside the retail oh, places. Massive. And, yeah, and, uh, nice and everything. Yeah, yeah well, now you know, it's a two-minute process, as we said earlier, just to download the app and you know, have your bets, whether it's, you know, your straight-out bets or your trifectas, quaddies, whatever. So, yeah, we offer that all with a convenience. So, yeah, look, we certainly feel that that's you know, a big part of our product offering. So Australia's Spring Racing Carnival has just wrapped up. How did you find that particular season for Bluebet? Yeah, no, look, it was certainly a very busy time for us. I mean, we put out our quarterlies up till the uh, till the end of September. Uh, mm-hmm. and you, you, know, you can see there that we certainly had really strong growth in all of our you know, key metrics, whether it be active customers or bet counts or, um, or our, you know, our net win overall as well. Um, so certainly, you know, it, it was, you know, it's probably as busy a carnival um, as I can remember. Um, and, you know, it's, it was given a couple of really big boosts by having some short price favourites in the big races, obviously incentivised running around a, you know, six to <laughs> four chance. Of, yes. yes, well, <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone's been saying that must have been a great result for you. Well, there's two points to that. It was at least equally as bad a result in the Caulfield Cup for bookies where everyone right, in the world was course, on. Of course. And uh, also in the, uh, in the Melbourne Cup, uh, very elegant was well found, as you can probably imagine, a horse around that eighteen twenty dollar mark that is trained by Chris Waller, is ridden by James McDonald, uh, and has been backed by you know uh, many punters in the you know in Australia before. Given you know what a champion she's been, uh, plus a lot of people like my wife backed it because it's called very elegant. Uh, yes, <laughs> it was also very tasty odds. It yes. was very tasty odds for you know for a proven weight for a horse and a man yeah. for a mare was heavily weighted. Um, as you know, the class runner you know, of the field, um, and it was you know, a peach of a ride as well by J-Mac. So is it true that more women are using platforms like yours? What, what's the evidence you're seeing of um, an uptick in, in females using apps like Bluebet? Yeah, look, we have seen an increase, um, certainly. Um, yeah, a lot of that probably is carnival-related, you know, around those big events. Uh, and probably more for the more for the uh, races than perhaps the sport uh, at this stage. Um, but you know, certainly there's there's a number of other products that the younger generation, whether they be male or female, um, certainly like. Whether you know the products like same game multis and the football, um, whether you know the rugby league or the AFL, um, are certainly very popular with that that younger demographic who pre- perhaps aren't traditional, um, you know, punters. So um, it, those new products certainly have, you know, um, attracted and, you know, it's um, small staking and they, you know, uh, small staking are big odds a lot of those same games. You know, they'll take someone to win by, you know, maybe 13 plus in the footy into two or three any time try scorers or whatever. So they're trying to turn, you know, 5 or $10 into, uh, into, a, into, a, into yeah. a really good weekend. <laughs> So I was going to ask about that, the, you know, the exotic betting, the, the multis, the, oh, I'll have 
these first try scorers into 13 plus into you know this this team beating that team head to head into a horse like is is that are you finding that is becoming more popular yeah certainly with the younger punters and as i said it's that it's that real sort of little stake big win opportunity that uh, they find attractive um so you know the average bet on them is you know might be five or ten dollars uh and then you know as I said, they're trying to turn it into a, a weekend away sort of thing. I think they're trying to have that one big. <laughs> they're win. off to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very much that that model of um, of pain that's been popular with the younger demographic. I mean, most people, well, not most people. I mean, in our business last year, we ran around sort of eighty-five, fifteen racing to sport. Uh, so certainly, we were you know, a strongly racing-dominated business. There was sport was a little bit lower over the last year or two purely because of some COVID cancellations and some time, you know, some seasonal changes in that as well, which normally probably um, is about an 80-20 mix. But a lot of people come in and have their first bet or, you know, first bet or two on the sport because uh, it's something they know and feel really yeah. comfortable with as well. Yeah. So if we look to the US bill, the NFL season is underway now and more Americans than ever, I believe, are expected to wager now that it's legal in many states, not all, but many. So how's your strategy in the US going? Yeah, so we're looking to launch um, our first uh, in our first state in the US around March next year. So mm-hmm. um, we've got a very much a two-fold strategy for the US. I mean, obviously, as we talked about, our Australian business remains a large focus. We really think we can grow our share here. The US is a totally different opportunity. You know, as you mentioned, it's sort of a greenfield opportunity that yeah. uh, in 2018, it was really when legislation was changed that's allowed um, sports wagering. Uh, it's a, it's online in around just over 20 states at the moment. Legislation's passed and some others. A lot of the big states haven't come online yet, so probably the four biggest states being California, Texas, Florida uh, and New York aren't sort of totally online yet. They, they're sort of doing little bits and pieces in Florida and New York's announcing the things this week, uh, albeit at a, at a rate of taxation that um, mm. would be very hard to uh, very hard to live with. I'd have thought. And you're not you're not looking at New York yet. Is that is that right? Yeah. Look, there isn't a path to profitability for us as a solo mm. operator in New York, uh, okay. given the amount of money that um, some of those big brands are going to spend there. Um, there's a you know, they're talking about a twenty five million dollar license fee plus a fifty percent plus um, floor taxation rate. You know, on um, GGR gross gaming revenue, um, the amount of money you would have to be driving there, and the amount of marketing you would have to be doing, I don't know if there'd ever be a path to profitability there. Uh, but certainly, there would be a huge cash burn. And our and our model for the US is very different. It's a, it's a it's totally designed to avoid that long term cash burn. Um, yes. So we're going into a few states uh, that we've handpicked which have you know, reasonably low taxation rates, reasonably low uh, licensing fees, uh, and not those huge media markets like in New York as well. I mean, obviously, uh, everyone understands what advertising and marketing in New York costs compared to some other states. So we've, we've identified as a, you know, a handful of states to go into as a B2C mm-hmm. operator, as we operate in Australia. But really, that's just to prove it's to, that we can do in the US uh, what we've done in Australia. And what, what, are the, what, are, what, are those, what are those states you're looking at? Yeah, so I mean, I was the first one we're going into, uh, and then there's a number of other options for us there at the moment. So, you know, we've talked about a few in our prospectus. Some of those opportunities, you know, uh, there's probably some other states coming online that are going to be really exciting opportunities. Um, probably can't say exactly where we're at with some of those at the That's moment, okay. yeah. but um, yeah. we're certainly looking at uh, a, a range of different states. 
Um, and, you know, there's, there's interesting opportunities opening up all the time. I mean, both in the US and, you know, there's even some opportunities opening up that we'll certainly look at in Ontario and Canada, uh, which mm-hmm. is a really big state. I mean, it's got 14 million people, I think, from off the top of my head, which would make it sort of the fifth biggest state in America if it was in the US and mm-hmm. the biggest one to mm-hmm. come online. So there's certainly a range of different opportunities that we're looking at there uh, as a B2C operator. But really, as I said, that's to prove that we can achieve in the US what we've achieved in Australia. Uh, there's, a, there's really a shortfall in the US in two things, which people will find very strange, I think. One is technology in this space. It sounds very funny to say that about America that they'd have a shortfall in technology. Yeah. But it is a very specific thing building uh, building a, a wagering platform, uh, which is something we've got great experience in that our team uh, our team's got a lot of experience in. Uh, so that's certainly something we'll be looking to take over there. And the other one is running a profitable sports book and actually knowing how to trade it. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. a lot of the thought if you just put up um, – just put up some, you know, a website and put some prices on it, you'll make money. I mean, if bookmaking was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> and uh, That's right. So, I mean, you've got, you've got to pay it back when, when punters win. Exactly right. So if you just put up prices and think you'll, you know, I think I'll start a bookmaking joint, put up prices and win money. There's a lot of people who've tried that over the years and uh, they're, uh, they're no longer come around. Come so, so it looks, and one of the things we, we're looking to do is go to those people who maybe have access to licenses, maybe have a really strong brand and a really strong database, but don't have the experience of running a profitable sports book and go to them and say, look, we will run an entire, your entire sports book operation for you. Uh, and that really includes everything, not just the trading, not just the website, but everything from onboarding them through you know, the verification process and um, through their you know, deposits and their banking and dealing with bank fraud and those sorts of things, which a lot of them mm. don't have the experience with in the online mm. world, certainly. So, yeah, it's really a holistic sports book as a solution model that we, you know, we're putting forward over there. And we think it'll be very attractive because, A, in some states where they're already online, I think people have tried to do it themselves or um, and I think maybe they think they're probably working out there might be a better way also, from states that are yet to come online, I think they probably can look at the mistakes being made by other people. And we think it's a great model for partners as well, because not only do they get uh, access to you know, our technology, our expertise, our team, uh, they also own part of the asset. So the other option is they sort of just sell their skin off and they get a rev, you know, they get paid X amount a year, but they yeah, don't own okay. they don't own yeah. the asset growth. So we really think this is a best of both worlds solution for uh, for both parties and. For our point of view, once we get to that stage, we're not going and having to invest in uh, customer acquisition. That, that'll that be sort of the responsibility of the partners. So really all our, our costs are, are built around delivering you know, the sports book. Uh, so we don't have those huge ongoing costs in marketing. Yes. I mean, cost of acquisition yeah. over there is you know, significantly more Enormous. expensive. Yeah. There's a bit of a race to the bottom with offers and certain things, and their margins aren't sort of delivering. So we, we think this is a really disciplined and responsible way to try and attack what is an amazing opportunity uh, without a huge capital investment. It is a, it, look, it is a magnificent opportunity, this US market. Yeah, if, especially, I mean, I think that they're talking about, about 95, 96% of Americans being able to um, wager online by the end of you know, all the licensing process. There might be a couple of states that don't come along. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's a huge population. They like, they love sports. Um, they love, they like wagering. So we think that, you know, it's certainly a wonderful opportunity. But how a company our size attacks it without having a huge cash burn uh, was certainly the big question. And we think, you know, and that's very much how we've devised this model. And what about, so you've identified North America 
Are there any other markets internationally that you've potentially got your eyes on? Well, to be truthful, no, not really at this stage. Very okay. much our focus is yep. on building this Australian business. I mean, we've, yep. we've got a really profitable business here in Australia, uh, which is, you know, was debt-free. Uh, when we IPO'd, it was, it was only owned by management, you know, the founders yep. and management. So, you know, uh, we really we think we've got a lot of growth still left in Australia. We're profitable you know, and we've only got just over sort of 1% of market share in that range. So, you know, we mm. think as we grow that over the next few years, you know, this business here is going to you know, continue to be you know, very profitable. And, we've, you know, this is a model we've devised for the US. But um, as we grow, we think that certainly um, we don't want to be sort of distracting ourselves with too many different uh, different uh, options. You've got to stay focused. Yeah. Exactly. So um, just, just finally, you listed publicly earlier this year how did you find that process and what can investors expect from Bluebet, say, over the next couple of years? Yeah, look, it's certainly been an uh, exciting process for us. Um, yeah, and it's been a good experience for us. We've, you know, we've had great support um, from both institutions and, you know, and retail buyers along the way. So, you know, we've been very happy with it. Um, and, you know, we've certainly made sure we've... You know, the business is performing you know, really well. We've certainly uh, delivered on everything we promised to this stage. Um, that's certainly something we continue, you know, we'll, we'll be doing, continuing to do. Um, yeah, and look, we're really looking to try to grow it on two. It's very much a twofold strategy, as we mentioned. Really trying to continue to grow this Australian business. We think it's a really exciting opportunity. There has been a lot of consolidation. While it is a very competitive market, there has been significant consolidation in recent years with certainly all the brands that were tied up within William Hill, which was you know, Sporting Bet and uh, mm-hmm. Centibet and um, Tom Waterhouse's business have been acquired along the way during that as well. Um, and then the Bet Easy and Crown Bet brands, and they've all sort of merged into one business now. Uh, which is, you know, a huge overseas company and obviously they're the market leader. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we think there's, you know, incredible opportunity for a business like ours, uh, you know, an Australian business that provides, you know, really great service, really great technology to our customers co- to continue to grow here. So that's certainly going to, you know, maintain being a really big focus. Uh, we think we've got a lot of room to grow here. Um, so, you know, we think that's certainly going to be a really strong focus of ours. And then the US, obviously, um, the sky's yeah. the limit. Well, the sky is the limit in a lot of ways. We're not trying to be, you know, it would be silly for us to try and compete with a FanDuel or a DraftKings over there. They have got essentially unlimited money. It would be taking a knife to a gunfight for us. But we <laughs> think there's, it remains an exciting opportunity. Uh, and we think we've, you know, devised a plan that really allows us to access that in a responsible, disciplined way that gives us a, you know, an opportunity to um, reap the rewards of this, this wonderful you know, new market uh, without sort of um, going down the road and having to use a huge amount of capital. Bill Richmond, CEO of Bluebet, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks, Justin. 